the hand and the Timothy, the finger of God. Have your seats, have your seats, have your seats. Jesus says, Well, I cast out devils by the finger of God. Know that the kingdom of God has come upon you. Are you guys with me? And we were ostracized by churches and rebuked by ministers to say we mustn't do deliverance. Can you believe it? And yet people are hungry for it. I know it is hot. I know uh, there's nothing we can do. It's load shedding. It's South Africa. ESCOM um, needs deliverance. And, uh, but, uh, so there's nothing we can do. It's two nights while in Centurion, and then two nights in Krugersdorp. I don't think tomorrow night at seven o'clock there won't be uh, load shedding. It was just over this time of this night, I think, uh, in this area. Uh, so just fan. Don't pass out. Uh, don't let the demons make you pass out. Are you guys with me? A lot of times people pass out and uh, uh, it is spirits. Uh, are you guys with me? I want us to get into, into the Word tonight, but we're going to minister to you as well. I want to have, uh, but I want to really get this message through. Say with me, deeper deliverance. I want to minister and prophesy over some people uh, that I just saw. And uh, even though it's not a conference of prophecy, um, you know, prophecy brings deliverance in, in a lot of ways as well. And tonight specifically, I believe God is going to do something very um, specific in the area of addictions. I believe that God is going to break um, addictions and the spirit of addiction that has bound many. Uh, there are Christians that are addicted. I don't know, can we, are we allowed to open up the doors or not? Uh, where's, where's Pastor Marie? Hmm? That is going to take long for the aircons, unless if they want to keep it close for the aircons, but I just see like everyone waving. <laughs> um, I don't know if we're allowed to, but there's no people living that side, so the sound can go out. I'm not sure, uh, you know, sometimes I say stuff up here that might, then they have other rules and, uh, and so on um, because of surroundings or operations, can we open it? But I think we need to open up the curtain so that the air can come in. If it is not hot air outside, if it is hot, then, then don't uh, do that, you know. Uh, people outside can anyway just hear the, hear the message. Your wife, are you guys married? Can you both of you come here for me? trying to catch my breath because it's hot here in front. Uh, what's your name again, sir? Ralton. Sorry? Rolton. Uh, your name? Loretta. Loretta. Uh, that, 
guys sitting there, yeah, you. Just stand for me, just stand where you are at. When I was walking past you, I heard the Lord minister to me and say that uh, I'm going to bring an encounter to your family and to family members that has not accepted me or received me. I looked and I saw family members that uh, are in bondage. And the Lord said to me, I'm going to bring deliverance and freedom. And I'm speaking of extended family, not, not immediate family as in your, your, uh, fam, your children. Or I don't know if you have children or... Uh, oh, are they here? Okay. And I'm speaking of, of like brothers or sisters and so on. You know, and the Lord ministered to me about a brother or uh, brothers. And I saw an addiction. I don't know if it was alcoholism or, or not alcoholism, but alcohol or something like that. And there's another area where something is hidden away. Where he's going to bring exposure and he's going to bring deliverance. For the Lord is saying because of prayers and because of your prayers. Because you said, as I've encountered and experienced you, I want my family members to experience it. But I see words coming against you that try to limit you and try to say to you, listen, with what you're busy with and this and that, it's not good. For the Lord is saying, I will make, I will lift you up and I'll make you rise. Because even in the workplace, I'm going to cause an expansion and the Lord is saying, I'm going to cause you to do a lot of trade with your own hands. I'm going to give you an idea to do things in your own hands uh, that is going to cause more finances to come in. And I looked at prosperity for you and your family. But there is a, a, uh, a uh, spirit of death that I want us to pray for when it comes to siblings, when it comes to your a brother or someone like that. And I looked and I saw how the plan of the enemy is to remove his life. But the Lord is saying, my hand will be strong. But I'm going to choose to bless you first. I'm going to choose to bless you first because when they bless you, they will be blessed. When they curse you, they will be cursed. For see how I will open up a door an effectual door when it comes to finances and when it comes to business. But the Lord said to me, I put a word in your mouth of an evangelist, an evangelistic anointing where you will minister testimony and witness to others. And you'll see healing flow through your hands. You'll see the gift of healing flow through your hands. For the Lord is saying, even this night, I will implant a gift to you. I will impart and implant a gift to you, says the Spirit of God. For you have cried out for more of me. And see how I will bring deliverance and freedom, but impartation. For I see an encounter that you will have with the Lord. And I see an appointed time. Because the enemy has tried to bring a broken heart. And has tried to remove things where, or it felt like you came to a place. And it's like the rug was pulled out or a shock came and the Lord is saying I will begin to bring an, a turnaround with things and those who have set up and spoke against you to try to bring or try to cause uh, uh, to try to cause failure and for you not to have success I will put my hand upon your life and you'll see how I will lift you for the Lord is saying even right now I impart the gift of healing, the gift of evangelism. 
where you will feel a mantle rest upon you. For even as you preach the gospel, as you minister, as you, as you witness and testify to people, you will feel a fire come on you. For do not hesitate, be bold, and you'll see me work and move through your hands, says the Spirit of the Lord. For I will open up your eyes this night by the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I will deal with areas where the enemy has tried to tempt to bring offense, where the enemy has tried to tempt to bring unforgiveness. For the Lord is saying, I'm about to clean out many things in your life so that you can move further and faster. And everything that has tried to hold you back from the past, voices that has tried to discourage, it will be silenced this night in Jesus' name. Let the anointing rest upon him. Let there be impartation upon his life right now. In Jesus' name. Touch his life. Stretch your, stretch your hands out towards him. When I was walking past, the Lord said to me, I must pray for you when it comes to healing. When it comes to uh, healing in an area of your life. And then I also saw how business that is uh, that the enemy has tried to has tried to um, has tried to squash or try to suffocate it is like it is like a, like how pythos grip tries to suffocate and the enemy try to close doors but the anointing upon your life is that of prosperity and that of faith and I'm going to pray for this night for your faith to be lifted. Any healing that is needed in the family, in, in the two of you, any healing that is needed, that by the Spirit of God, that a deep work will be done right now. Give me your hands. The Spirit of God is very present with individuals and you'll see Him working with individuals.
stretch out your hands towards them. Remember I said, it's like a pythos grip gripping like this. And he has pneumonia, has problem with his lungs where he cannot uh, breathe. name of Jesus Christ I command your lungs to be opened right now I bind every spirit I bind every spirit of anxiety every spirit of fear I command healing I command a miracle command your lungs to operate with a new I curse the disease of pneumonia in the name of Jesus Christ loose him and set him free loose him and set him free right now in Jesus name I don't want us to get stirred up and uh, worship and then the time is gone. Don't worry if people are manifesting. Don't worry if the Spirit of God is moving. Are you guys with me? Can you keep uh, with me? Both, that's fine. Yeah, both. What's your name, sir? Gary. Bianca. Where are you from? Newcastle. You drove all the way here. Uh. Now, I don't get any information of people that come just to let you know whether you believe me or not. That's fine. Uh, what I mean is not you believe it. I'm saying whether people here think, ah, oh, we get information. Even his ticket is turned that I can't see it. So, um, but when I looked at you, there's an anointing that is untapped in your life. And there's a desire to be so hungry for God and to be used by Him. And I saw that people, although people in the past, that's because I'm looking and I see the anointing for ministry. 
but it has not been tapped into and it has not been activated or imported properly. For there is an apostolic gift inside of you. That's why you have seen certain things differently and you've seen certain things from a different point of view. But see how I will open up the floodgates of heaven for you. Even when it comes to finances, I will open up because I'll give you an idea to build businesses and to do certain things. I'm looking and I'm seeing properties in front of me. I'm seeing like uh, houses in front of me. For the Lord is saying, see how I will give you this anointing and see how I will place this gift upon you. I'm seeing another thing with like keys or truck keys or something like that tangling in front of me when it comes to like trucks or, or cars for the Lord is saying I will place a strange and I've placed a strange unusual anointing when it comes to children I'm gonna give you I've given you the ability to work with children in a very unique way and I've given you the ability to speak and to network with people that you will see because when I look upon you I see the gift in the area of deliverance and prayer and I see how the Lord is going to use you to minister but when I look at this couple Do you have children? Do you have three? Two. Is it two daughters? Okay. Um, so, so, how old are they? Okay. You don't want another, you're not planning on another child or anything. Because six and 15 is quite uh, far away from, from each other. The one? Are there six? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're six year olds. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, I've got my own business in Newcastle. What do you guys do in the business? Uh, marketing, advertising, okay. stuff like that, yeah. So, what, what, do you, what do you do? I'm a teacher. Okay, now, there's property that God is going to put in your hands. There's property. I looked and I saw multiple houses, like two or three houses. Trust me, says the Lord that I will cause debt cancellation, that I'll cause you to be debt free, and that I'll put property into your hands. And this anointing, when it comes to children, this anointing will go into the area of ministry. I know you guys are doing what you're doing, but there's a ministry anointing. There's an anointing to minister to people upon you. And there's a hunger. And the Lord is gonna use you where you are at. For I pray that tonight, that this conference you will receive not only the anointing for your life but the anointing of the gift of deliverance when you go back and you lay hands and you minister to people 
you'll see deliverance beginning to take place. You'll see strange occurrences around you. You'll see strange things happening around you. And people will come for freedom, will come for deliverance. May this anointing rest on you. I impart the gift of heaven upon their lives. Father, as they've come through to this place with a hunger, let it not be disappointed. Let the expectations be met above and beyond in the name of Jesus Christ. May mantles come upon their lives. May ways be opened where there seems to be no way. May doors be opened where there seems to be no, where it seems to be closed. May his business excel. May you move him into areas that he has not even seen or think of and begin to prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. I decree and declare as a prophet upon their lives that you will impart the gift, a spiritual gift to their lives right now. Every spirit of fear that is trying to come to this house in the area of health, I bind that spirit right now. May it not bring fear or a shocking prognosis or diagnosis, but may the Lord move in their lives. This thing where I saw like vans driving and I saw houses in His name, I command that to be done. That when the clock ticks, three years and three years and three years, that it'll be cycles of things that'll be released to them in the name of Jesus Christ. Impart to them right now the gifts of the Holy Ghost, any gift you have for them in the name of Jesus. Touch them now, Jesus. Come on, let's give a praise offering. Okay, let's, let's get going. I feel it's getting a little bit cooler, so um, if you're not cool, it's okay. It's only two nights. And revival is raw. Revival is uh, like this. Say with me, digging deep. Say deeper deliverance. Go with me to, uh, go with me to, go with me to Deuteronomy chapter number 23. Verse 9. I want us to get into this message that is a deep message. You can take notes or you can catch it in your spirit however you want. But uh, I need this revelation to drop to you. Are you guys ready for deliverance as a message, as revelation? We are here to preach deliverance. Uh, uh, we are here to preach deliverance so that you can be equipped on how to do deliverance. You see, because many of you are in our church uh, or you follow us online, you might be acquainted with the ministry of deliverance. And you might say, but why? You know, I'm in a church where there's deliverance and I see deliverance, but why am I still battling with an issue? Why am I still battling with a problem? And the enemy can come and lie to you and say that, uh, you know, deliverance doesn't exist or uh, it's, this is just a show. Tell, say to those who are being delivered that this is just a show and they will laugh at you. Are you guys with me? 
and we're going to get off directly after the message. We're going to do mass deliverance, meaning we're going to renounce things. And uh, tonight we're going to deal addictions in one more area, two areas that I believe the Lord spoke to me. And then tomorrow night we're dealing with every area and we're going to minister to you and lay hands tomorrow night. We're going to anoint everyone, lay hands on everyone and come with an expectation to be free. But people will be like, okay, but why am I still battling with this problem? If I'm in a place that has deliverance, because you need to dig deeper. Say with me, dig deeper. You can look at a problem and brush it off while the Lord is saying, I want you to focus on that area. It might look like there is nothing, but dig deeper. The moment you dig deep and touch the pain of an area and the moment that that is uncovered, if there is a spirit that is associated or has attached itself in that area, there will be a manifestation. Are you guys with me? Um, uh, deliverance is not a method that I take step one, step two, step three. Yes, we teach people to, re to repent, to renounce, uh, to cast out, and we have certain steps, but there's not a method to deliverance. I can't go and say, okay, this is how I get into my life or this is how I get delivered, delivered step one, step two, step three. No, deliverance is not a maze where I can go left and right and in and I can trace my steps back and I can do the same again. It is a labyrinth which has mysteries. Somebody can say that, uh, that, uh, 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 that they have an area of, well, let me say it like this. Somebody can battle with pride and a sense of false ego. Yet they were raped when they were young. And nobody will see that that comes from that root. It has to be dug open. It is a labyrinth. And the only way you can get to the to the mystery that has to be solved, which is deliverance in every single person's life, it's different. You have to be led by the Holy Ghost, even in your own life. Are you guys with me? When we pray for you tonight, you will see that as we get to renunciation, even as we're ministering, as I'm preaching tonight, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you things. You have to be sensitive in a place where He can reveal to you. I cannot force God to speak to me. If I'm sitting in the church here, I cannot force God to speak to me. I have to position myself and make my heart humble. Make my heart hungry. Listen, deliverance does not come unless somebody is desperate, hungry, and they press in and they lose their reputation. And there's been this myth that's going around that the Christians can't have demons. And because of that, we kind of like restrain ourselves and we don't let go to be delivered. Are you guys with me? Jesus preached deliverance. He casted out devils on the streets. This is a practice in the New Testament church that has been lost and hence people have not been set free. But where there is deliverance, it is known as the finger of God casting out devils. Where there is no deliverance in a church, the kingdom is absent in that place. From day one that we started this church, we did deliverance. 
because you have to displace the kingdom of darkness and replace it with a kingdom of light. Are you guys with me? The kingdom of light cannot come unless the kingdom of darkness has been, uh, has been displaced. And you have churches sitting full of Christians that are demon possessed. And when I say possessed, I'm not speaking of full possession. The word possessed has two meanings. Possessed means I can be owned by something. Or I can say possessed meaning that I have something. I possess this iPad if it's mine. Are you guys with me? So many, you have people that are possessed by the enemy and then you have people that possess the enemy. They have it, they carry it. So when we say that Christians are possessed, don't think that, oh, but Christians can't be possessed. No, no, no. Christians can't be possessed in a place of ownership because they are owned by the Lord. But we have a spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit is saved, but your soul and your body has opened doors. Are you guys with me? My soul is my will, emotions, and intellect. My spirit is saved. My spirit belongs to the Lord. The moment I get saved, my spirit belongs to the Lord. But I can give place to the devil in my soul. I can give place to the devil in my body. I can give place to the devil in my mind. I do that through attitudes, through behaviors, through sins, through generational curses. Are you guys with me? So say with me, dig deeper. Go with me to where we were, Deuteronomy. Uh, listen to this. And uh, I want you to really, really stay connected tonight. And those who are online, we have people from everywhere. Just before we start, let me know online where you're watching from, what country you're watching from. I can see your comments here. I know in the house here we have people from all over, KwaZulu-Natal, Holland, Mosul Bay, United States, uh, Richards Bay, uh, Newcastle, okay, that I just prophesied on. Is there anybody that has come? I know there's people that is all over. Uh, Richards Bay, there's Martin and them. And uh, yes, Jeffreys Bay. Huh? So I can't hear. Huh? Graf Did you drive from there? Wow. Okay. Sorry? Mozambique. Who all? You and your wife? Have you watched us online there? Wow. And we're going to minister to everyone that is far away, hey? Oh, hey? Malawi. Uh, let's go. So uh, let me check online because we have, we have over a thousand people online. I see Mozambique, Bloemfontein, KwaZulu-Natal, Trinidad, uh, London, United States, Kwamashu, Mississippi, Bruderstrom, Sedgefield, Polikwane, Jeffreys Bay, Brits, Roodeplaat, Tennessee, USA, uh, Welcome, Northern Cape, Cape Town, Hong Kong. Wow. Watching Jamaica, Swaziland, Amen, Centurion, Parkrun, Somerset West, Cape Town, 
Uh, so many people. The global church is here, yes. Uh, Alabama, USA, Hartswater, Jamaica, uh, New Mexico, Western Cape, Bronx. Awesome, awesome. Nairobi, uh, Los Angeles, Pakistan, uh, Cape Town, China, Johannesburg, Eldorado Park. Okay, so there are many people we see you online. And I want to ask you, those that are online, just share the broadcast. Tag somebody. And uh, Primrose, Israel, South Sudan, Joburg, South Africa, uh, Pakistan. Wow, Kimberly, Vereniging, and it just goes on and on and on. Can we give Jesus a praise offering before that? So... Australia, Texas, Bella Bella. Awesome, awesome. Hey, let's, gonna have a seat. let's get into the word. Deuteronomy 23 verse 9. Now it's an intense word, so just stay with you. When the army goes out against your enemies, then keep yourself from every wicked thing. Say with me, keep yourself from every wicked thing. He says, listen here, when you are in a warfare, it is even more important to keep yourself clean. How many of you know we are in a warfare? The Bible says that we are enlisted in a warfare as a soldier. Are you guys with me? If there is any man among you who becomes unclean by some occurrence in the night, then he shall go outside the camp and he shall not come inside the camp. Say with me, unclean. Now we're going to explain just now what unclean is. But it shall be when evening comes that he shall wash with water. And when the sun sets, he may come into the camp. Also, you shall have a place outside the camp where you may go out. They speak of a toilet. And you shall have an implement among your equipment. Put for me verse 13, from verse 13 on in the King James Version. Now tomorrow night is going to be a very shorter word. And we're going to be focusing on ministry. But tomorrow night we're going to get into the rooms of deliverance. The rooms of deliverance, the rooms in your life or deeper areas. And that's going to be very revelational. And thou shalt have a paddle upon thy weapon. Uh, this is not the right translation, but anyway, uh, in, uh, let, let's put in the NLT. Let me see how the NLT says. Because you have two different King James versions, actually. And uh, the one uses sometimes different wording than the other one. There we go. Each of you must have a spade. Say with me a spade. spade. Say a shovel. a shovel. Each of you must have a shovel as part of your equipment. Whenever you relieve yourself going to the toilet, whenever you relieve yourself, dig a hole with a spade and cover the excrement. Let me read out of the, out of the New King James here. And you shall have an implement among your equipment, a shovel among your equipment. And when you sit down outside, you shall dig with it and turn and cover your refuse. Are you guys with me? So he's saying something here very powerful. I want you to listen to this. Whenever the scripture is speaking of relieving yourself, it is a sign of deliverance. When you have dreams that you're in a bathroom or you're relieving yourself, it is a dream of deliverance that is taking place. It is a place where, where you let toxins out. And listen here, the scripture is saying that uh, when you are in a war, when you are busy fighting, 
have a shovel. Now we are taught in the book of Nehemiah that have a sword in one hand and a hammer in the other hand. And we know that you fight and build together. But there's a third piece of equipment. Say with me a shovel. shovel. So that when times come, I can relieve myself or let me say in our language for tonight, I can do deliverance when it's needed. I can cleanse myself. You see, so many Christians are going on a path and they just fight, fight, fight. And they don't understand the, the casualties or they become casualties of war. They're picking up wounds. They're beginning to get hurt in a battle. And when they don't get deliverance or they don't watch themselves, they begin to turn on one another. Oh, how many times have I had it? I'll be fighting with people in a battle. They're supposed to be alongside me and then they turn on and fight against me. Why? They haven't relieved themselves. So they start defecating all over the camp. I'm serious. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's uh, go verse 13. Listen to this. Verse 13. Let's carry on with it. Each of you must have a spade. Say with me a spade. A shovel as part of your equipment. Whenever you relieve yourself, dig a hole with a spade and cover the excrement. Verse 14. The camp must be holy for the Lord your God moves for the Lord your God moves around in your camp to protect you and to defeat your enemies. He must not see, say with me, not see, not see. any shameful thing among you or He will turn away from you. And this is speaking in the area of deliverance, meaning that Christians fail to deliver themselves and God is busy turning away from them. Are you guys with me? And then we wonder, but why am I not feeling God's presence anymore? And you don't like this message. I understand. If you're silent like that, then, uh, you know, we just want to say grace, 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 grace. It's all by grace. God is always with me. He is with you, but not His manifest presence. His presence, His manifest presence cannot fight for you. Why? His word says if He sees a shameful thing, He turns away. Now, the scripture is speaking of excrement, but in an allegorical spiritual language, it's speaking of something becoming unclean. Say with the unclean. And towards the end of the message, we're going to touch on this. So just remember unclean. Because ministers and people and Christians become unclean because they touched something that was not clean. Or they touched an unclean thing. And they themselves become unclean. And they become unfit for the service of ministry. Are you guys with me? And then we wonder, but why is everything going wrong? I've become unfit for the service of ministry. I've become unclean, contaminated, defiled through a spiritual area. And then the churches preach that, uh, that uh, the churches preach that there is no more deliverance. Oh my goodness, how were we saying that, uh, you know, this is just fake. You confront the devil and we see if you see it's fake or not. Cast out a devil out of someone and we see if it is fake. The moment you do deliverance, you are in a spiritual battle. Now we've trained people up. 
those we have trained up can tell you when they did deliverance yesterday, some of them for the first time maybe, uh, how tired they were afterwards. We've done deliverances in the beginning of ministry. I remember I did so many one-on-one deliverances. And when you sit with a spirit, with a demon, you are in a spirit, your spirit man has to be alive. I remember the one time I had to fast uh, 40 days when I discovered, uh, I wasn't trained in deliverance or anything like that, um, to the extent of having uh, deeper deliverance or, or, or to, how to do deliverance. We had to kind of like find it out for ourselves. And I remember I went, I fasted 40 days and I was sitting in front of somebody. I think it was, it was somebody, a, a, a military individual that tried to come and kill me. It was, he drove from Pretoria all the way to, to where I was in Durban, uh, seven hours. And then I realized, oh no, but uh, uh, you know, only once the person got there, I realized what was happening and he walked in and he manifested full-blown a spirit of murder. Huge guy sitting in front of me, had his gun, everything on him. And there I learned for the first time that my spirit man began to take charge. And I had another man in me that could grab the demon. But the only way you can do it is by practice and by being spiritual. And doing deliverances like that all the time, you become so exhausted and tired. Doing a deliverance for four hours, five hours, will see whether you are spiritually fit or not. So Christians cackle and, uh, and uh, gossip and talk and how uh, these things doesn't exist and the devil is blinding them. The Bible says the God of this world blinds the people. Are you guys with me? So, so verse 14, where we were, just put it up again. So he says, he must not see any shameful thing among you or He will turn away from you. Meaning God will turn away from you and He won't be on your side. He won't be fighting for you. Are you guys with me? But the scripture says, as we go to war, as you go to war, as you are in a fight, and many enter into a fight, even into ministry, or into serving in ministry, and they don't have a shovel, meaning they don't apply continual deliverance, Are you guys with me? Say with me, continual deliverance. They don't have the ability or the revelation or the understanding or humility to dig deeper. They take and say, I've been touched by God. I received salvation and I'm free. I'm delivered. There's no greater deception than that, that the enemy wants you to think that uh, there's no such thing as a deliverance ministry or it all happened on the cross. One minister said to me, uh, 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 they don't want deliverance in their church because, you know, it is, it is messy. And, uh, but I'm thinking, so you don't want people being set free because it's messy. He says, oh no, they throw up all over the place and, you know, but Jesus set them free on the cross. And I was out with this minister, I think we had lunch or something, and he, but Jesus sets them free on the cross. And I'm thinking, we can so easily fall into the trap because we don't want to pay the price anymore. It's not easy to do deliverance. The guys being here yesterday for, for I think they were from 8 till 3 o'clock. 
And that's still little. Once we start going in the nights now in terms of this conference, you'll see us minister till late for people. If somebody is not willing to go till late at night to fight for somebody's freedom, you'll never be used in deliverance. And there's a move, there's a revival. Listen, there was dispensations of healing where a healing movement broke out. Catherine Kuhlman, Maria Woodworth Etters, miracles. Are you guys with me? Trances, Maria Woodworth Etters brought uh, war trances, miracles beginning to take place. People would sit in the services and they would fall into trances. And ecstatic states of visions would come happen in the meetings. And then you see evangelism uh, being breaking out and moves like that. But there's never been a move of deliverance. And it will happen all over South Africa. As I said, that we are starting with this conference. You will see many churches do deliverance conferences. Why? This is what is on the mind of the Spirit in this moment and time that we are here now. It is what is on the mind of God for His people. Because after deliverance, you'll see a great joy, a great revival, a great outpouring coming upon His people. He will use you every time there's a season or a moment of deliverance. It is God promoting you to a higher level. Are you guys with me? So, so let's, let's, let's go on. Let's get into the Word because it's going to get deep. Say with me, dig deeper. Go to Ezekiel chapter number 8 verse 7. So he says, I want you to have a shovel while you're fighting this battle so that you can dig deeper. You can hide your excrement. But it is, a, it is a symbol of digging deeper. The ability to do deliverance while you're fighting. To keep yourself clean and sanctified. So that you don't mess all over the place. You don't mess on your work colleagues that are, let's say, Christian. You don't mess on your, on your brothers, your sisters in the church. People will sometimes go so on fire for God. Two months, three months, and then they just suddenly turn on people, they become nasty. Are you guys with me? Why? There's areas they haven't dealt with. Be humble and say, but wait, there's continual deliverances that I have to go through. Go Ezekiel 8 verse 7. Listen to this. So he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, say with me, the door of the court. The Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are you guys with me? What does a temple have? Three courts. So what does it say when I brought you to the door of the court? He's saying in your body, there are courts. There are rooms. There are doors. Are you guys with me? I brought, he says, he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, there was a hole in the wall. I want you to listen to this. Then he said to me, Son of man, dig into the wall. And when I dug into the wall, there was a door. I want you to say with me, dig deeper. Listen to this. He said, he brought me to the door. Go one verse back. He brought me, God brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked deeper, there was a hole in the wall. Next verse. 
Then he said to me, son of man, dig into that wall. And when I dug into that hole of the wall, behind that wall was another door. So there was a hidden door behind a wall that I would not have seen unless God has pointed it out. Ezekiel is saying, are you guys with me? The doorway was covered by a wall. Uh, let's go to, let's go to, um, let's go to, uh, 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 let's go to, let's go to Luke 11. Or before we go there, no, 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 go with me to, uh, let's carry on reading verse, verse 8. Oh, verse 9, sorry, verse 9. Let's go back to verse 7. I don't want to jump the, I don't want to jump the gun here. He brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, there was a hole in the wall. Say with me, a hole in the wall. Ezekiel was brought to, the, to, the, to, the, to, the, uh, to a door by the court. And when he looked at a wall, there was a hole in there. And the finger of God pointed out a hole in the wall, which Ezekiel would have walked past unless God has pointed it out for him. And then he said, but wait, I have closed every door in my life. Or I've dealt with every door in my life. But now the finger of God comes and points to a hole, an opening in the hedge. And when Ezekiel began to break open the wall and dig open, he found another door. Say with me an entryway. Say an entrance. He found another hidden entrance that he would not have seen unless the finger of God pointed it out for him. Unless, the Bible says, when I cast out devils by the finger of God, you will know that the kingdom of God has come upon you. What did Jesus do? Jesus went into the sand. He went, kneeled down and he took his finger and he wrote in the sand. Are you guys with me? And the lady that was caught in the act of adultery was delivered there. Pharaoh and his, uh, and his uh, sorceress were copying the miracles of Moses. The, the signs, miracles and signs, copying them. They did one, two, three when it comes to the plagues. And when it came to the fourth one, which was turning, and they could do it from, the, from throwing the stick on the ground and turning into a serpent to turning the water to blood. And yeah, they, it wasn't real miracles how they did it to equal to how Moses did it, but they could still copy it, duplicate it or imitate it. But when it came to the fourth one of turning sand into lice, they said, this is nothing else but the finger of God. They said, we cannot do this. Because this is the finger of God. Are you guys with me? Daniel, we see in the book of Daniel, when uh, uh, a party was thrown by a feast and a party was thrown by the, by the king. Daniel was not invited. And a hand came into the feast, into the party. And a finger began to write on the wall. Many, many tekel upasin. Meaning that you have been weighed in the balances. And we see how a finger brings judgment. Say with the judgment. Brings deliverance. And then Jesus comes and says, When I cast out devils,
by the finger. What is a finger? When you look at your finger, you see judgment. But you see, when Jesus says, by the finger of God, I cast out devils. And then his disciples went after him. And they were sent out to cast out devils. And we think the finger of God is the finger of God coming down and moving and touching you. Well, Jesus says, no, no, no. When you have the Holy Ghost, you have God. And then you're clothed in flesh where you become the finger of God. Wherever you go, I will cast out devils. And His disciples became the finger of God. Wherever they moved, wherever they went, wherever they went, they became the finger. Are you guys with me? Say, I'm the finger of God. It is the Holy Ghost clothed in human flesh. May God point out a hole in your wall by His finger tonight and expose a hidden area. Are you guys with me? So people, so people might say, but why have I not, you know, how can there be something if I'm in a church of deliverance? Say with me, repeated deliverance. Multiple repeated deliverance is required. The moment God puts your attention on something that is, uh, that might look like you were passing, overpassing it or overlooking it. He says, I want you to dig deeper in that area. You see, the moment I touch on an emotion, where the emotion has a reaction, whether it is in anger, or it is in fear, or it is in defense or justifying, there's a creeping thing there. That means that emotion is wounded. Something is lurking there behind the scenes. Are you guys with me? I went myself, I went through multiple deliverances. And in many different areas, God would deliver me. I remember different services. When I got saved, it was about, uh, I think about maybe three months after that, I was delivered of something that bound me. Then after that, I was in a conference. I got delivered again. Then after that, I was in another conference. I got delivered again. And God would take me through phases. Go with me to where we were, Ezekiel 8 verse uh, 8. Then he said to me, son of man, dig into the wall. And I dug into the wall and there was a door. Next verse, listen to this. And he said to me, go in, into the door and see the wicked abominations which they are doing there. Say with me, wicked abominations which they are doing there. Listen to this, it goes on. So I went in and saw and there was behind this door that was hidden behind a wall that wasn't, couldn't have been pointed out unless God pointed it out by His finger to Ezekiel. Are you guys with me? Look at what is in a hidden place. He said, every sort of creeping thing, abominable beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed all around the walls. Are you guys with me? Listen, we receive deeper deliverance by digging deeper in an area. The moment we uncover that door, we see the abominations and the creeping things and the idols. 
the moment you lift a door, you will realize, but wait, is this what has been going on in my life? Are you guys with me? Unless the finger of God points it out, you can go to a psychologist, a psychiatrist, you can go to a counselor, you can go to all these things and help cannot point it out. You need the grace and the finger of God. Mm. Let's go to 2 Corinthians uh, 6 verse 17. So say with me, dig deeper. When I dig deeper, I get into a place where there's now levels of deliverance. So I'm going to touch on three areas tonight. Number one, we just did now, which is digging deeper. Having a shovel. Say with me, a shovel. shovel. Number two, we're going to get into the levels, and then, which we're doing now. And then number three, I'm going to get to one part after that. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17. Listen to this. Therefore, come out from among them. Say with me, come out from among them. And be separate, says the Lord. Next verse. Listen to or next, next section. Listen to this. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Say with me, do not touch what is unclean. Then I will receive you. What happened in the camp when they didn't have the shovel? They were defecating all over themselves. Messing all over and the Lord is saying, I have to turn away from you. Because you have touched an unclean thing. Are you guys with me? When people don't do deliverance on themselves or keep their houses clean, they mess all over themselves and all over others. They might be saved, but they are a mess. They might be anointed, but they're messing up wherever they are, whatever they are doing. They're messing up at work, messing up at their family, messing up at home, messing up with colleagues, messing up with friends, messing up in the church. They might be anointed, but they've touched the unclean thing. Is this, is this too, too, too much? Because you're like uh, just looking at me. Like I'm attacking you. Say with me, do not touch. Do not associate. Jesus, when He sent out His disciples, He says, go and greet no one. But go with a mission and a mandate that I've given you. And then we see, I think it was Elisha, when Gehazi, his servant was with him. And the lady, we prophesied that she will have a son. The son died. And she came and cried to Elijah and begged him to resurrect her son. Elisha gave Gehazi his stick. And he said, go and lay it on the boy. But he gave him an instruction. He said, when you go, greet no one. And when they greet you, when they salute you, you don't greet them back. You carry on walking. And then you lay the stick on the boy and he will be raised. Yet Gehazi went and he laid his stick on the boy and he was not raised. Are you guys with me? The only conclusion can be that he disobeyed an instruction that was told to him or given to him to say, go and greet no one along the way. You associated with somebody that made you unclean for the moment that that miracle had to be performed. 
and because you were unclean, God could not come through when it came to that miracle. Are you guys with me? A young prophet, there was a story of a young prophet that was told to go and do something. But along the way, he must not speak to anyone, not greet anyone. And this young prophet got the word from the Lord to go and fulfill this mandate. And when he went, and I'm not going to go to the scriptures right now. When he went, the Bible says an older prophet came to him. And, he, and the older prophet says, I am sent from the Lord. Do this and this. And he gave him a contrary word. And the young prophet was disobedient. He associated with the wrong one. And judgment came to him. Say with me, associations. Evil company corrupts. Are you guys with me? You are who you associated with. It's amazing that you can look at somebody, even in the church, you can have your gossipers in one section. You can, uh, you can have your prophetic intercessor witches and what that's not in our church, but uh, you go to some churches, you can have them. Sometimes they come in here from other churches and they get all spooky. Like, I want to give a word. No, shut up, you're not here. I sense that this is going on here. Oh, the Lord has told me to come and intercede. No, He hasn't. He told you to come and get delivered. You're just thinking. That is called prophetic witchcraft. And they are full on in churches where the real prophetic is not. Because the pastors submit to them. Some even call themselves apostles. They submit to them. And you see how these Jezebels come into a service and into the church. And after, I mean, I was preaching in some churches. Then the pastor listens to this intercessor group. And the intercessor group will give him all the visions. And then the pastor gets so scared. And I'm thinking, you're controlled by a bunch of Jezebels. These are women that are not married or they're unsatisfied, sorry, in their marriage. And they try to come and be spiritual in the church. That is when there's no order in a house. Some of you might be like that, so you will feel it now when I, when I talk. Are you guys with me? Cape Town is rife with them. They didn't get it right at Encounter. They came in the beginning, I said to Paul Stephen, just kick them out, one after the other. Kick them. Don't even sit and listen to their story. Kick them out. And some will even listen now and they'll say, yeah, you know, those Jezebels and then they were one. That is when, when a man comes into a church and tries to control. It's because things are wrong at home. He doesn't have power or authority at home, so he tries to come and take it out in the church. When things are not right for a woman at home, they try to come to church and be spiritual. God will make you spiritual in the right timing. Spiritual is not spooky. Are you guys with me? So... Somebody prophesied over me. Somebody gave, some woman gave me a word, uh, I think like two years ago or something. I see your wife is pregnant now. I'm like, you know, in the spirit, she's pregnant. And uh, there's a boy coming. I'm like, uh, we cannot get pregnant, but you think you're spiritual. Uh, you know, weird flaky words. If you get upset, 
there's a spirit in you that is opposing what I'm saying. Don't be one of those people, if you're a visitor from another, don't be one of those people in the church. We had one, we had one uh, minister coming to our church. They always messaging me on, on Facebook. Real Jezebel with all due respect. And, and I'm very quick to point those things out. Um, and they're always contacting me if they, as if they know me and stuff like that. And you know, the one time they came and visited us, they could not survive more than half of the service. A minister began to manifest in the service, walking, manifesting there in the back. Afterwards, I still wanted to see the person, they disappeared. A Jezebel and a false prophet will manifest where the presence of God is. Are you guys with me? So 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17, let's get to it. Zerana. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. So with me, associations. Associations will cause you to become unclean. One wrong friend can cause your destiny to be pulled away. One wrong association can pull your, cause your destiny to be... So as I say, you've got your gossipers in the church. You've got your prophetic witches in the church. You have, you have your lukewarm in the church. And you'll see that somebody, and then you have those who are on fire. Then you'll see somebody that is on fire. All of a sudden, they associate with the gossipers. And they become like the gossipers. And then you see them sitting where the gossipers are sitting. We see everything from the pulpit here. You see a spirit, birds of a feather flock together. Life is spiritual. Are you guys with me? So listen, say with me, touch unclean. Notice he didn't say touch the sinful or touch the cursable, the cursed, or touch the, un, un, uh, the abominable. He said touch what is unclean. Are you guys with me? Because unclean and sin is not the same thing. There are things that are unclean that necessary isn't, isn't necessary sin for us from the way we see it in a physical way. Touch not the unclean things. Say with you the unclean things. So there are levels of deliverance. The word deliverance is associated with about four or five words. The first one, we'll get to unclean just now. The first one, say with me, defiled. The word defiled, you'll see scripture will, speaks of, will speak of defiled. Being defiled. Especially when a woman or a female has been raped. She is known or described as being defiled. Are you guys with me? But it is not the same as being corrupted or possessed. It simply means defiled. The word defiled in the relation to deliverance means this. It means that you are no longer in a state of purity or a state of innocence or perfection. Because someone touched it. I'm going to say it again. You're no longer in a state of perfection, purity or innocence. Because someone touched it. But that is, this is just somebody touching it. Somebody taking the virginity of, if I can say it like that, of a female. Now we know in a spiritual sense that 
purity can be restored. Are you guys with me? But in a physical sense, once it is removed, it is removed. It cannot be restored. So under the law, that person becomes defiled under the law. So please understand, I'm not preaching the law. I'm just using a spiritual, allegorical context here. Are you guys with me? Because we see these words, defiled, unclean, and we're going to get into a few more being used in the New Testament as well. So spiritually, there's a way that I can become defiled. So, so what has this got to, got to do with us? Um, there are people that need deliverance in a certain level that is not as intense. They've just been defiled. They touched something and their sense or state of purity, innocence and perfection has been lost. But they are not carrying what they touch. They just touch something. And according to scripture, when you touch something, you just become defiled. But it hasn't influenced you yet. Are you guys with me? Then there's a second word. So this is what, meaning that uh, if I can say it as I use an example, a woman that has been raped, lost a virginity, she's been defiled, but she isn't becoming a rapist. She just lost a virginity. That's what the scripture, so that's the first level of deliverance. The second word, say with it, contaminated. This now goes to a level of infection. It means something that is no longer in the state of purity, innocence or perfection, because someone touched it, but now they're carrying it. Are you guys with me? So it goes deeper. So the thing you touched, you're now carrying it. For example, somebody was raped, they lost their virginity. They were defiled, but now they're carrying desires, lustful desires in them. So they're carrying a disease. And I'm not saying, I'm just using a disease as an infectious. I'm not saying rape is a disease. But spiritually, it becomes infectious. Are you guys with me? They're carrying it now. Now you become contaminated. It's a deeper level of deliverance taking place. The third, uh, the third word, the third meaning of deliverance, if I can say it like that. Uh, uh, or let's go, to, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 first, while we're on contaminated. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. Mm. Do not be deceived. Say with me, evil company corrupts. That word corrupts means contaminates. Evil company contaminates good habits. You see somebody hanging around with bad associations and they become like that. You see your child becoming friends with somebody and they get home from school and all of a sudden they're talking like that person. They have been, they, they didn't just touch a thing. They're now carrying what they touched. Are you guys with me? You're now carrying an attitude. It's like, it's like somebody, you can have somebody that has fallen into an area of sin or they become defiled, but now it has affected their attitude. Now when you try to poke that thing, they begin to snap at you with an attitude. They're carrying it. They've been contaminated. 
The problem with contamination is whoever they get in touch with, they can give it to. But it's not yet at that level. The third level, say with me, unclean. So unclean is also uh, kind of like part of it. It means you're no, it's something that is no longer in a state of purity, perfection, or innocence. But someone touched it, and they're not only carrying it, but they are now giving it to others, or they have a desire to giving it to others by touching other people. For example, and it's difficult to just try to explain it in an example like this, but somebody was raped. They became defiled. Now they not only have a desire to do it to somebody else, they actually doing it to somebody else. And whoever they get into contact with, it affects them. In the spirits, you mean you become unclean. So when the scripture says in go to 2 Corinthians where we were 6 verse 17. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, for touch not what is unclean, and I will receive you. He says, when you are at the level of unclean, I cannot be part of uh, with you. For example, when we were speaking about the shovel and uh, being in war and those who do not use a shovel, God is, the scripture is saying that you become unclean and I turn away from you. Are you guys with me? So the first word is uh, defiled. The second word is contaminated. The third word is unclean. These are the levels of deliverance. The fourth dimension and level is, say with me, corrupted. So before we get to corrupted, the unclean level is now where you have a bad attitude. As I said, you poke on somebody's wound. They snap with a bad attitude. But that bad attitude doesn't stay with them. They are now influencing others. All of a sudden, somebody else is associated with them and carry their bad attitude. So they get into the church and they're beginning to affect and influence others. That's why I say the sin of gossip is so bad in a church because the moment you get a gossiper, you have somebody that associates with them, they become a gossiper. Or somebody that associates with them and they become a slanderer. Are you guys with me? Have friends or people who are on fire for God. I've always done it. So the day I got saved, I never wanted to associate with those who were lukewarm. I remember in youths that I grew up and in the churches and so on, there were always groups that were lukewarm. Groups that were just taking things so lightly. Taking the anointing. I got saved. I was on fire. I experienced the anointing. And, it's, and some of these Christians talk as if they knew the anointing their whole lives. And I'm thinking, but there's something like the power of God. I never knew it. I was so on fire. I just wanted that. So I spent time with them. While other Christians would just go out and have fun all the time, but not seek Him. Be somebody that says, I want to press in deeper. When it comes to the things that we're preaching at Encounter, Revelation, having an experience with Him. Be very careful not only to hang on preaching or a corporate anointing. Because when war comes or a fight comes to your life, 
if you don't have a personal anointing, you will fail. Are you guys with me? In the church, there will always be an anointing. It's a corporate grace that God has put there. Meaning when we worship and we lift our hands, people will feel the anointing. And there can be different levels, but some only depend on that anointing. That anointing cannot get you into your purpose. It requires a deeper relationship with God. Are you guys with me? It requires somebody to spend time in a secret place, pressing in deeper, to say, okay, I can get the anointing at church. I can get deliverance at church, but I want to press in on my own and build a relationship with God. Uh, go, let's go to the four, fourth word or the fourth meaning of the word of deliverance. Say with me, corrupted. Corruption is kind of like the final stage of uh, this word of deliverance, meaning I can be defiled, I can be contaminated, I can be corrupted, uh, sorry, I can be, uh, 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 I can be unclean. But once I get corrupted, it now becomes worse. It is, it means this, it is something that is no longer in the state of purity, perfection, or innocence. But it goes beyond just touching something. It goes beyond carrying something. It goes beyond infecting others. It gets to a place where you become it. Let me give you an example. So somebody was raped. They now became defiled. But now they have a desire to do it to others. Then they come to a place where they want to do it to others. Then they come to a place where they're doing it to others. But then they come to a place where they become rape itself. It is being corrupted. This is the final stage. This is where somebody becomes the sin that they are partaking in. You see, you have sin, transgression, and uh, iniquity. Say with me, iniquity. Iniquity is when a sin is continually practiced over and over until it becomes twisted, perverted, and it begins to own you. Let me give an example. Somebody can slip up one night and watch pornography. Don't think that watching that pornography will not put a demon in your life. It will put a spirit of lust. But it is on a level of being defiled or unclean. But now somebody goes and they continue. They don't listen to the, word of, to the voice of the Lord. They don't listen to convictions. And they just continue doing it. And now it becomes from once a week to every third day to every night. Now no longer, there's no longer a relationship with their wives married, in the marriage bed. There's no healthy other relationships. And they become that pornography. Now, wherever they go, it is like if somebody's spiritual, when they look at them, they can see lust all over them from a place where maybe they just touched it to now they're becoming a part of it. Say with me, corrupted. Are you guys with me? This is where somebody is saying, when you're touching a wound and they are reacting, they are snapping at you, but now they are using these words and they say, you know, this is just who I am. This is my attitude. It's not a demon. It has become them right now. They are corrupted. And then they wonder, but why is God not using me? Are you guys with me? Even on the level of unclean, the first level, 
you are unfit for service. We call it a sit-down time. Meaning that a priest in the Old Testament could not get into the Holy of Holies to pray and minister on behalf of the people to God. He could not get to there if he had any wounds, scars or anything on him. If he would go in with a wound, he would be struck dead. Are you guys with me? If he had a wound, he had to sit out and sit down until the wound becomes clean. Or if he touched something unclean, according to the law, he has to sit down for a certain amount of days and do ceremonial cleaning until he can get into the presence of God. Right now, the temple of the Holy Spirit is inside of us. Or we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy of Holies, outer court, inner court, holy place. As we go into the presence of God, there is a time when God puts us on a sit down to say, listen here, you cannot now minister or be in the area of ministry to others. I cannot take you into your destiny because you touched something unclean. This is why the ministry of deliverance is important. That it can make us vessels of honor in the house. You have vessels of wood, vessels of clay, vessels of gold and vessels of silver. The Bible says vessels of honor and dishonor. The moment I touch things that are unclean, I become a vessel of dishonor. When I'm a vessel of dishonor, I'm hidden away, not being put on a platform being used by God. This is the book of Timothy that explains it. He says, but those who are vessels of gold and silver, they are placed on a stand where when somebody comes into the house, everyone can see them being used publicly. Deliverance makes you a vessel of honor. It cleans your house out so that God can use you. The lack of deliverance makes us a vessel of dishonor. Where the Lord is saying, I have to turn away from you. I cannot be with you and I cannot receive you. I'm not speaking of salvation. I'm speaking of being used in ministry. Are you guys with me? So how do I become clean when I'm unclean or defiled or contaminated or even at a place of corrupted? How do I get delivered and clean? Go with me to 2 Kings 4 verse 35. And this is, I'm touching on the last part of the message. 2 Kings 4 verse 35. Zerano. Listen, listen, listen. He returned and walked back and forth in the house. And again he went up. Now this is Gehazi. And stretched himself out on the boy. Then the child, oh sorry, it's not Gehazi, it's Elisha. And the, after Gehazi failed with a miracle. And then the child sneezed, say with me, seven times. And the child opened his eyes. When the child sneezed, listen, sneezing is a deliverance of the natural body. It is a disease that has to come out when a person is sneezing. It is your body rejecting or casting out an infection or a sickness. Are you guys with me? Or bacteria that is not supposed to be your body automatically casts it out. So when this boy sneezed, he was delivered from the spirit of death. But say with me seven times. So I want you to listen to this. Let's go to, and, and in fact, it says uh, sneezing. Say with me from the inside out. So remember that. 
this boy was delivered from the inside out and the spirit of death came from the inside out. Go to 2 Kings 5 verse 14. 2 Kings 5 verse 14. So he went down. So this is now Naaman. Listen to this. I'm getting to another place. So these seven times. How do we get delivered from being in a place of even corruption? You can say, but you know, I have had this trauma as a child in my childhood. And now it's become so integrated into my life where I have become a part of it. I cannot dissociate or discern or I cannot discern, differentiate between the two. It's become a part of my lifestyle. I'm not even convicted anymore of doing something, carrying a bad attitude. Christians with a bad attitude. Oh my gosh. They walk with no smile on them as if the world owes them everything. As if uh, Jesus never wrote their name in the Lamb's book of life, as if He never died for them. And in fact, as if God owns them, owes them something. We've seen Christians, you know, you would preach up from here and they just sit and look at you. And I'm not speaking of unbelievers, I'm speaking of Christians. It is our duty to maintain and keep our house clean. Keep us filled with joy. So with your right attitude. Spirits are attracted to bad attitude. You see, Satan, or let me say it like this, evil spirits can only see, the demonic can only see what we physically do. They cannot see the faith in your heart. They cannot detect that you have faith in your heart. They see what you physically do, who you are physically associated with. Um, the attitude that you put up in a, in a physical experience. Are you guys with me? They can only see your church attendance. They can see the joy that you put on when you praise and worship God. Some people can say, you know, I'm worshiping God in my heart. I'm not going to raise my hands. Well, the devil looks at you and he sees somebody that has no faith. He doesn't care whether you say, but in my heart, I believe this. The devil looks at a vessel and saying, this vessel is weak. We're going to get into him. This vessel is weak. We're going to beat them around. Trust me. Satan is a spirit being but he's not spiritual. He's not spiritual. He has to see what somebody is doing to reason their faith. Are you guys with me? To, to begin, the demons said to, uh, we see by the deliverance of the, uh, the seven sons of Sceva, um, that uh, the Jewish exorcists that try to do deliverance the demons cried out and says, Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. The word know there is we have physically scrutinized them on the outside. We have seen what Paul does. We have seen what Jesus did. But when we look at you, we don't see any physical works or manifestations. Are you guys with me? So... Let's go to 2 Kings 5 verse, uh, 5 verse 14. So he went down. So listen, this is Naaman. He went down and dipped 
seven times. Say with me, dipped seven times. In the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. In fact, it says that his flesh, in the King James, that his flesh was restored and back to the innocence of a little child. And he was clean and he was innocent. Say with me, his flesh. So we see the other boy that sneezed seven times and the spirit of death came out of him. It came from the inside out. We see Naaman that dipped himself seven times. He's cleansed from the outside in. His flesh was renewed. You need deliverance from the inside out. You need deliverance from the outside in. Are you guys with me? So let's go to, let's go to uh, Leviticus 8 verse 10. And I'm touching on stories to give you a, a point of understanding when it comes to multiple deliverances. Don't let anybody tell you or any preacher or any pastor tell you that you only need to be delivered once or Jesus did it on the cross. It is a lie. Paul would not have to say in the book of Ephesians, give no place to the devil if that was the case. Satan doesn't come in only with open doors and I'll explain it tomorrow. He creeps in by a window. Are you guys with me? The Bible says that the thief did not come in to the sheepfold through the door. He came in by some other way he crept in. Satan always looks for an opportunity, not an open door. We're going to deal with open doors this conference. But he looks for an opportune time, meaning all your doors can be closed. You can be living a clean life. He's still looking for an opportunity to get into you. Are you guys with me? If it is not for the grace of God, evil spirits will rip a person to part, to pieces. You need to understand when we deal with deliverance and when you go through deliverance yourself, that Satan is not there to play games in a sense of, okay, I have this open door and there's this demon just giving me a... No, no, no. If it is not by the grace of God, he would destroy and rip your, piece, your soul to pieces. In fact, King David says, they've torn my soul to pieces, which speaks of dissociation and a fragmented soul. Many times when we do deliverance on people, their mind would be dissociated to the place of multiple personalities. And it is the enemy that rips their soul and their heart in pieces. Are you guys with me? Let's go to Leviticus 8 verse 10. Also Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was therein and sanctified them. And he sprinkled thereof upon the altar, say with me seven times. And anointed the altar and all his vessels, say with me vessels, both the laver and his foot. To do what? To sanctify them. So why is it that God would need to anoint holy sanctified vessels still seven times? How is it that as a Christian when I'm sitting in the church, I must still go through multiple deliverances? Because you can be a minister or you can be used by God, but you can be dirty. Are you guys with me? Or you can be used by God in miracles and healing, yet you can sleep with a prostitute. Because deliverance was not done fully. 
You can be an apostle, but you can become controlling. You can be a prophet, but you can become nasty in the flesh. Messing up wherever you're going. Defecating all over the place. Messing up every church you go to. People want to just listen, get rid of you. Because there's a gift and there's anointing, but your gift needs deliverance. Your calling needs deliverance. Are you guys with me? You will not see anybody used great by God who has not had encounters with deliverance continually over and over and over. Because He wants your vessel to be cleaned so that you can be a vessel that can be used in the hands of God. Mm. Let's go to Leviticus. We're almost done. Leviticus 14 verse 51. I'm just putting a train of thought or some coherent line of thinking here. Leviticus 14 verse 51. Listen to this. And he shall take the cedar wood and the hyssop and the scarlet and the living bird and dip them in the blood of the slain bird and in the running water. Say with me, and sprinkle the house seven times. Not only is he, is he anointing the vessels in the house, but he's anointing the house itself. Which means you see the whole house going through multiple deliverances. Are you guys with me? Say with me deeper. We see seven everywhere. We see seven by the little boy sneezing. We see Naaman dipping himself seven times. We see the vessels anointed seven times. We see the house anointed seven times. There's something with seven. Even Mary Magdalene has been delivered and the Bible says that seven demons came out of her. Are you guys with me? Go and let's go to Exodus 24 or 29 verse 4. 29 verse 4. Exodus 29 verse 4. Okay, we're going to get to a point now. And we're going to minister to you. And I have to get the word through. And Aaron and his sons. Now this is King James. Put in the new King James. Listen to this. And Aaron and his sons shall bring unto the door of the tabernacle of meeting and you shall wash them with water. Then you shall take the garments and the tunic on Aaron and the robe of the ephod, the ephod and the breastplate and gird him with intricately woven band of the ephod. Okay, don't worry about all of this. You shall put the turban on his head and put the holy crown on the turban and you shall take the anointing oil Pour it on his head and anoint him. Then you shall bring his sons and put tunics on them. And you shall gird them with sashes, Aaron and his sons, and put the hats on them. The priesthood shall be theirs for a perpetual statute. So you shall consecrate Aaron and his sons. We see here, I want you guys just to, don't worry about all the wordings, just catch this thought. Here we see a calling an anointing from one generation to another generation. Say with me the calling of God. Meaning that the calling of, we see a transfer of the anointing taking place here to Aaron and his sons. We see garments and being anointed from the head. Say with me the head to the bottom. Meaning that they, everything upon them had to be anointed. But let's get to, let's jump to verse 35. To Exodus 29, I want to get to this verse 35. Thus you shall do to Aaron 
and his sons according to all that I have commanded you. Seven days, say with me, seven days, you shall consecrate them. Let's go to verse 37. Seven days you shall make atonement for the altar and sanctify it. And the altar shall be most holy. Whatever touches the altar must be holy. Say with me, seven days. Why is it that it took them seven times to anoint Aaron over that, re that ritual, if I can say it like that, or practice that we read where it put the tunic on his head, anoint him from the head to the toes. Every area, anoint him of a generational anointing, meaning that there's importation, speaking of somebody that is called under the anointing, yet they were required to repeat this thing over for seven days. Meaning that you don't just have one encounter with God. You don't have one deliverance. If Aaron stopped at the first day, he would not have been anointed. Listen, why did Aaron have to go through it? Because there was a golden cow that was in him that people still wanted to worship. Are you guys with me? Remember when Moses went to the mountain and Joshua and them came back and the people were worshiping a golden cow. Aaron was preaching and the people were giving all their jewelry, throwing it at his feet. It is like me going away for two months and uh, Pastor David or Pastor Maria and Martin begins to preach to you prosperity and you sell your cars and your houses, you throw the money and you build a cow and worship it uh, out of the jewelry that you were throwing. That's what they were doing. And I come back from holiday and I'm like, what is happening? That is what happened to Moses and Joshua. Aaron needed deliverance because there was a cow in him that people wanted to worship. God requires us to go through seven days because there's something that is hidden deep. Say with me, deep. Listen, are you guys with me? Some might be at a place where you say that I've just started. I've had my first deliverance. Somebody can say, I've had it for two days. Or I'm by my fifth one already. Seven, there's not necessarily a physical seven to say people have to go through seven deliverances. It's speaking of a God-ordained divine number. But of multiplicity, meaning that there's a place where God will take you through multiple deliverances. Over and over, and that is His perfect number. So when it says seven times, seven times, seven times, it's God's number. It doesn't mean you're going to go through seven deliverances only. Are you guys with me? But it says that God's number is multiple. Meaning that as Christians, our deliverances should be multiple. Why? We're in a world where there's unclean things that we touch. We're any time with somewhere where we associate with somebody or associated with things. Some people eat things. Some people have opened doors, generational curses. When you come into the house of God, you're going through a deliverance, but you're thinking, but I'm used by God already. Just humble yourself. Lose your reputation. Say with me, digging deeper. Let's stand to our feet wherever you are.
Why do I need uh, multiple deliverances? You might be anointed, but you're still a mess. Or you might have favor and the anointing upon your life, but there's a ticking time bomb in you. And it is like people just waiting for you to explode. Oh, come on. You're getting home and you're blasting your wife. You're hitting your kids. Or you're swearing this one at home, swearing that one at home. But you put a little pious face on in church. Let me be religious in church. But keep my devils for when I'm at home. Are you guys with me? I've seen this over and over. I've seen people that would not deal with that anger. And they would beat up a four or five year old daughter that they have. I would cease, I would, people, I did deliverance on people. They would, they would wake up and they're choking their children. They are four or five years old. Yet this person is a good Christian. They in Sunday church every Sunday, worshiping God, lifting their hands, reading their Bible, but it was not dug deep enough to deal with a curse or a root. Then it becomes a ticking part time bomb. And when the man would open up his eyes, he's busy choking his own daughter that's four years old. And this man is three times my size. Are you guys with me? Say with me, I want to dig deeper tonight. This is what the Lord shared with me. He showed me things that He's going to deliver people on tonight. I'm not going to go through mass deliverance tonight simply for time's sake because it's a lot of things. We'll do it tomorrow where we will renounce everything. But I want to deal with one area that the Lord shared with me. Well, He shared with me two areas, addictions and healing. And He said to me that those who have addictions in certain area will receive healings in that area. Okay, there are those who have written maybe on their, uh, on their forms of deliverance, addictions, I'm not sure. Bondages, whether it is medication addicted to it, meaning you've become you're using medication as recreational drugs beyond the point of just medicine but it's become recreational or you're addicted to smoking or you're addicted to drinking or you are addicted to pornography or you're addicted to things addictions you will know what I'm speaking about but there's a spirit of bondage the root of that bondage say with me rejection one of them is rejection. Let me look for a scripture. While you are standing here. Mm-hmm. Look for me for, for that verse before we pray for people. Where uh, I think it is Romans. We have not received the spirit of adoption or we have received the spirit of adoption and not the spirit of bond 815 listen to this put romans 815 on the screen for those who are dealing with this area and saying i need to get delivered in this area tomorrow night we have a short message but mass deliverance that is where we're going to go through every point renounce it And we're going to pray for those. So we have tomorrow night, then we have Tuesday and Wednesday. So I don't want to go tonight till 10, 11. We're going to do it tomorrow because tomorrow we're starting at 7. Now, 
Romans 8 verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage. Say with you the spirit of bondage. Bondage is a spirit. Are you guys with me? Receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. By where we cry out Abba Father. Bondage and fear works together. Addictions. And when we have the spirit of bondage upon our lives, it's because rejection has crept in. The spirit of adoption has to come from the Father. Let me say this. Nobody can move in the glory of God unless they have a full revelation of God as their Father. Let me change that another way. Nobody can move in the glory of God if they are dealing with rejection and have not received the love of the Father. When they have daddy issues or father issues, they cannot express God in His glory to others. They battle to pray for people for deliverance or healing because they continually have a root of rejection where there's a part in them that doesn't really believe God is there. Are you guys with me? Let's raise our hands wherever you are. Let's raise our hands. I know it is getting hot and so on. Don't worry about the heat. Don't worry about people around you right now. We're going to renounce one area right now. Just focus on Him with your hands raised. There's an anointing in this conference to really deliver. Don't worry about somebody on your left or on your right. Don't worry. Just worry about your salvation. Worry about yourself. But as I'm going to pray right now, the Lord is going to bring things to remembrance for you. He's going to bring images to remembrance. He's going to highlight areas for you. He's going to highlight areas of things or memories that you have forgotten about. Things that the Holy Spirit will just suddenly bring to remembrance for you. And we're not dealing tonight with witchcraft. We're not dealing with, uh, we're not dealing with, uh, with, 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 uh, with uh, other things per se. We're dealing specifically in the area of bondage and fear. Those two connected. Where the Lord said to me that people will receive healing. But the moment they get rid of the things that is putting them in bondage. I just heard the testimony of somebody that said they stopped medication. Uh, we've had people where they would just throw their cigarettes at the altar. Or they would throw any drugs or anything and they would cut it off. The moment we pray for you, when you get home, don't have your cigarette box lying there looking at you. And then you feel tempted and you think, I'm not delivered. No. Are you guys with me? That's stupidity. Don't have alcohol in your house looking at you there. Whether you think is alcohol a sin or not? Let's look at the end game of this thing. It is there to destroy families. I've seen people, they would try to twist the scripture and convince themselves for years that alcohol is right. Yet that very alcohol is destroying them and their family. And they don't want to give it up. They're not hungry for their deliverance. If a glass of wine can stand in my way, 
for living a full relationship with God, being used by Him for His glory. Why do I want that thing in the way? So don't say Leon is preaching law. No, no, no. We're preaching relationship. I cannot force you. I can take you to the water, but you have to dip yourself like Naaman did. Are you guys with me? And we can pray for you for that thing to be broken. It has a hold. It is not necessarily a spirit of alcoholism, but there's a spirit of bondage behind it. Sometimes people will leave alcohol and they will go to eating because it is a spirit. It is not necessarily the act. It is just that when it comes to alcohol, it has a, uh, it has a stronger sense to attract a demonic spirit to it. Are you guys with me? And then it would cause a lot of things self-hatred and etc but raise your hands to the lord pray this prayer with me before we call you out and minister to you in front and listen under the prophetic as i said we cannot do in these sessions tonight every and deal with every sin area we're going to pray and trust as we are led by the holy spirit you went through deliverance yesterday, but now we're going to let by the holy spirit to pray for individuals tomorrow night we're going to do mass deliverance say with me heavenly father and I want you, everyone, to pray. Whether this applies to you or not, just pray it for the sake of those who are here. And maybe it applies to you if you, uh, if you, uh, if you listen to us. But uh, remember, as you have your hands raised, what I said about curses, it is a legal transaction in heaven where God has allowed a curse to be upon somebody. There's no curse that comes from the enemy. A curse is a legal transaction from the courtrooms of heaven that has to be overturned before a spirit can leave that area in your life so say with me heavenly father i come to you ask of your forgiveness for every curse upon my life upon those of my ancestors upon my own disobedience i beseech you i ask of you forgiveness on behalf of my forefathers on behalf of those that have gone before me I ask your forgiveness for any disobedience in my life all the way back until Adam and Eve I speak and declare I pray that you would forgive me and put every sin of my ancestors and myself under your blood I believe that your Lord and Savior of my life break these curses on my life on my family's life on those I'm responsible for that are of young age I renounce every curse every work of disobedience in relation to my disobedience and because I have repented I have your blood in the name of Jesus Christ every curse is illegal in my life every spirit according to this I'm going to renounce is illegal in my life in the name of Jesus Christ I renounce and break all curses of rejection 
of perceived rejection, word curses, rejection in the womb, inner vows I have spoken, bitter root judgments that I've uttered over myself. I renounce and break all curses of verbal rejection from my parents and ancestors. I renounce and break all curses of false perceived rejection by God, resulting in mental, physical and sexual abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, psychological abuse. I break every curse. I renounce resentment, bitterness, anger, jealousy, envy, unforgiveness, grief, shame, and false guilt resulting in rejection. I renounce every abandonment that results in the spirit of rejection. Let's get to fear. I renounce the spirit of fear. I break every curse related to freely give love to my loved ones. I renounce the emotional hardness that limits me from expressing love, expressing affection. I renounce the curse of the fear of death, of darkness, of any creature, any person, the fear of people. I renounce the fear of crowds, the fear of drowning, the fear of darkness, the fear of trauma and assaults, claustrophobic. I renounce uh, the, the fear of closed places. I renounce the fear of the future. I break and renounce every fear related to demons, to Satan, to the loss of my salvation, to judgment, the false fear of hell, false fear of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. I renounce it in Jesus' name. I renounce the fear of other people, the fear of relationships and the fear of spiritual leadership. I renounce the fear of marriage. I renounce the fear of loneliness. I renounce the fear of nightmares. Every curse to nightmares, insomnia, night terrors, tormenting spirits, trauma, dreams, any phobia, any fear, in Jesus' name. Let's get to addiction. I renounce and break all curses related to every form of narcissism and self-absorption leading to addiction of drugs, alcohol, gambling, lust, gluttony, anorexia, binging or purging, 
I renounce every spirit of deception, every craving, every addiction, hallucinations, slow death, and dishonoring my body. I renounce every craving and unnatural desire to damage my body with certain drugs, with prescription drugs, recreational drugs, legal or illegal, which are unnecessary for my life. I renounce and break all curses related to marijuana, ecstasy, LSD, heroin, cocaine, alcohol, designer drugs, every form or every form of drugs in the name of Jesus Christ. I renounce every drug trafficking, every drug dealing that I've done in the name of Jesus Christ. Just keep your hands raised. Say with me, I renounce every sin, knowingly or unknowingly, done by me or my ancestors in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, I cast out every spirit associated to these things that I've renounced and repented of. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Forgive me of every sin, every open door that I've just renounced in the name of Jesus Christ. I receive your blood. I receive the power of your blood to wash me and cleanse me in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe I am free right now in Jesus' name. Keep your hands raised, keep your hands raised. Father, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over every spirit, every open door that has bound your people in the area that we have just renounced, in the area of addiction, in the area of rejection, in the area of fear. Loose your people right now. Satan, I come against you. Every spirit of fear, Come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Every spirit of addiction, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Every spirit of bondage, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Just keep your hands raised and serene. Don't worry if people are manifesting. Don't worry if people are becoming free. Let them receive their freedom. Let them receive their deliverance. I rebuke and I cast out every spirit that has kept them in bondage. Every spirit relating to alcoholism, every spirit of narcissism, I bind you and I cast you out in Jesus' mighty name. Come out of them, every spirit of fear, every spirit of fear of darkness, every spirit of fear of death, every spirit of phobia that is keeping your people bound. I cast every spirit out of them. Loose them. Let freedom come upon them by the power of your blood right now. Let the blood be in this place in Jesus' name. 
Say with me, I receive your blood. Set me free. Say, Satan, come out of me. In Jesus' name, I resist you. 